Hi, welcome to the Charlotte Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and that it both encourages and inspires you. So this morning, I would love to share very quickly on faith. Uh, And in particular, the dangers of living off someone else's faith. Uh, See, we as Christians, sometimes we get caught in this kind of copy-paste sort of faith. Uh, We hear a lot of messages, we hear a lot of preaching, we listen to a lot of podcasts, and we can get so inspired about what other people are doing and what God's doing in their life. But sometimes it's dangerous to live off their revelation. Uh, We we need something that will sustain our own faith. Um, See, there's a difference between stirring your faith and maintaining a hunger for more. See, your faith can be stirred and then you can also rely on someone else's faith. And all through Scripture, we, we see the idea of fire. Uh, and all through Scripture, fire is used as an analogy for faith and for the presence of God. Uh, in Exodus 13, 20, 22, it says, and they moved on from Sarkoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way. And by night, a pillar of fire gave them light. See, in Exodus 3.2, it says, the angel of the Lord showed himself to Moses in a burning fire from within a bush. Fire, if the perfect analogy for the presence of God I would love to give you three keys to maintaining your fire. Not maintaining someone else's fire, not relying on anyone else's flame, but maintaining your personal fire. My first point this morning is that fire needs stoking. And for anyone who didn't do rangers, the definition of stoking is to stir up or to add on to. I thought that was profound already. See, It's actually not a bad thing to be encouraged by someone else's faith. I would love to put that out there from the onset. I love going to conferences. I'll go to as many throughout the year. I love listening to podcasts and sermons. Uh, If you stick around long enough, you'll be inspired by Pastor Phil's. It's actually not a bad thing to listen to other people. But in the same way, if we don't action the encouragement of our faith, of course, see James 2, 17 says... The same way faith itself is not accompanied by action is dead. Yeah. See, I like, you know, when I go to conferences, you hear messages and stuff. You go through those conference motions. You, you know, during you, you get impressed by this amazing story. Someone who's gone before you had these amazing dreams. You know, it's impressive. It stirs your faith. You're fired up for the week and you're like, yeah, let's go. And then two weeks later, you're like, oh, does I really do that thing? It gets to Thursday and you're like, did I really go to church? I feel like, ugh. See, for that period of time, you were carrying someone else's story. You were carrying someone else's faith, someone else's fire, someone else's anointing. But after a certain amount of time, it dies off and you're left with your own faith. See, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Phil shared the, the story of David and Goliath. And what an amazing sermon that was. Uh, if you missed it, podcast it. It was recorded. Please do yourself a favor and encourage me. And what I got out of it the most was that David couldn't go out to battle in Saul's armor. 
So he looked at it. It was impressive. He probably drooled and awed at it. And he's like, it's so shiny. It's got blood all over it. Like, it was really impressive. But if David went out to defeat Goliath in Saul's armor, he would have died. See, in the moment, it would have looked more impressive. The sword would have looked better than the sling. He probably thought to myself, if I go out in that armor, I get struck. It'll have a better protection of health. Like, it would have looked better than what David had. But David knew that he had to rely on his own strength, rely on his own faith, and not depend on what Saul had. See, we can hear missionary stories all around the world and be inspired by what they're doing. We can hear preachers across stadiums. We can rub shoulders with great people that have seen miracles in their lives. But if we neglect what God's doing in our own life and neglect our own faith, then really we're no better off than the scared Israelite army that did nothing. See, if you want to fulfill the call of God on your life, you need to be encouraged, but then you also need to action on that encouragement. You need to actually maintain your own fire. So your fire needs to be stoked. Second point, very quickly, is that fire requires oxygen. Yeah, in ranges, we get taught, you do a little A-frame, and then you put stuff on the top, there's a little channel of air, so that the wind goes in, it picks up, and it breathes. I listened. I listened. I got the badges to prove it. I did it. If we're going to keep our faith alive, it requires oxygen. It requires the breath of God to breathe into your life. See, if our faith doesn't have an open channel where the Holy Spirit can come in, He can move, He can convict, He can speak to you, what will happen is your fire will go out and we will be left with nothing but ashes. Once again, Phil summed it up a couple of weeks ago. If you have to ask yourself, when was the last time God spoke to you? It's been too long. We need to be in constant relationship with the Father, constant relationship with the Holy Spirit so that our faith doesn't go out. In Job 33, 14 to 18, it says, For God speaks again and again. Though people do not recognize it, He speaks in dreams, He speaks in visions of the night. When deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds, He whispers in their ear and terrifies them with warnings. He makes them turn from wrong. He keeps them from pride. He protects them from the grave and crossing the river of death. See, he is constantly speaking, but it's up to us to tune in to his voice. It's up to us to catch what God is saying. I'm encouraged by the parable of the prodigal son in the Bible. If you're not familiar with it, uh, the son was living with his father and he couldn't wait for the inheritance. So he thought, I'm going to do life on my own. And he ran off and he did his own way. He spent all the money and it left, it left the son empty and incomplete. And sometimes when we hear the story, we kind of get the conclusion that the son's life ended after the father. He couldn't live without the father. He needed the father. But when I read it, it was actually inaccurate. He could live without the father. He did. He had goals for his life. He saw the money and he had plans. And when you look at it, he actually went and lived those plans. He wanted to party with the money he did. 
He wanted to live a life of his own, and he did. He wasn't dependent on the Father in his mind. But what he didn't have is a holistic picture of what his life had. See, I say we live a life of faith, a life of fire, but it's actually a choice. You can ask anyone in the last thousand years that's walked away from church. They didn't strike dead when they left. You can live without faith. However, I encourage you, you will be left empty, purposeless, and your fire will succumb to a pile of ashes. See, we don't have the holistic picture. We can't contain the will of God that he has for us, but by faith, we say, I want to stay in close proximity to the Father. I need his flame. Because if I go without it, I'm going to feel empty, I'm going to feel purposeless, and I'm going to be feeding with the pigs. The good news is, he's always speaking. Like a radio, we just got to tune into the frequency of the Holy Spirit. It's never too late to go, Lord, hear. I want to hear you. I want to tune into you. It's never up to God to maintain our faith. The onus is on us to be fed and to have a channel where we can receive oxygen. See, Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, piercing into division of soul and spirit. John 10.27.28 says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. See, probably around 2016, 2015, uh, I entered full-time uni. And it was cool. I, I did a business degree with USQ. It was a lot of fun. It was expensive. It was cool. And before I did that, I was leaving high school. And I was thinking, God, what do you want me to do with my life now that I'm leaving? What's my next step? I don't know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I really felt to go to Bible college, but... Not yet. I was like, oh, do I, don't I, uni, Bible college, uni, Bible college. Anyway, I chose uni and uh, it was great. It was cool. And three quarters of the way through of my degree, I really felt in my prayer life, now would be a great time to go to Bible college. I thought to myself, uh, I've done three out of the four years. Can I just like wait, come and tick it and then finish it and then enter a new journey? Like that's how my brain works. But I really felt God say, no, halfway through your degree, Put it on hold for 12 months. Now you're going to Bible college. And I thought, okay, sweet, cool. I'll do it. Sounds great. And um, I did Bible college. It was incredible. After that, I really felt the call to chaplaincy. And that requires another 12 months of study. And I thought, Lord, I kind of got this uni degree I need to finish. Like, do you really want to do another diploma? Like, I'm kind of studied out. No, no, I'm going to do it. I contacted the uni. I said, hey, look, I know I deferred for 12 months, but can I have another 12 months? Just like some stuff going on, you know, family, you know, my dog thing, you know, whatever. Just any excuse to get 12 months off. And they said, no, you've already had 12 months off. You're not getting another 12 months. You either finish your degree or you're out. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I did it. I did my last year of uni. And then I thought, no, I really need chaplaincy. God's calling me to it. So I did both. I did both at the same time. 
Um, and then from chaplaincy, I got into schools. I'm now a chaplain. And I really feel that I am in the will of God. But I beg the question, what would happen if I didn't hear the call to Bible college? What if I heard it and I ignored it? Now the story plays out. I would have finished uni. I would have got the piece of paper. Fingers crossed I'd get a corporate job. I'd be marketing at some little firm. It still would have been good. I still would have been serving the local church. I still would have been tithing. But it wasn't the plan for God. See, I needed to be in tune with his voice so I didn't miss it. See, the truth is, it was only a matter of a couple of weeks. If I missed it by two weeks, I would have totally missed out on the journey that's been the last four years. I still would have been at church. I still would have been the will of God. I still would have been serving. I probably would have been tithing more because I'd earned three times the amount. But I would have missed it. See, when we aren't in tune with the voice of God, that channel blocks up and our fire goes out. I would have been exhausted. I would have felt purposeless. I would have felt empty. I knew business was important, but deep down inside, I knew I wasn't meant for an office job. That's just not who I am. So I would have felt trapped. I would have felt strained. I would have been frustrated. It all depends on the voice of God. Your fire needs oxygen. My last point this morning, point three, burnt out does not mean dead. Let me say that again. Exhaustion, burnt out, does not mean dead. If someone feels a little tired, if their firewood looks like ashes, it's not the end of the story. All you need is a little bit of timber, a little bit of deodorant, a little bit of gunpowder, and you light that sucker up, bang! We're back, baby. Matthew 11 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The greatest prescription for rest is an inject of the Holy Spirit. If you're feeling tired, what you need is a little bit of gasoline and a shoo-doo-doo-doo. And you're going up, baby. Your fire's back. Pastor Darren preached last week on rest. I absolutely agree. Rest is important. But if you find yourself weary, can I suggest you put a little gasoline, you get a little Holy Spirit in you, and you say, Lord, I need a little bit more for this week. And watch you light up. Watch your faith come back. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes my weeks are hard. Super vulnerable. I'm not perfect. When it comes to Friday and I'm driving home, sometimes I feel a little, Lord, I'm supposed to be playing at youth. I'm supposed to be doing the offering message. I'm supposed to be running the canteen in three hours and I can't even keep my eyes open. How am I supposed to maintain this lifestyle? Am I supposed to minister on a Friday if my work is already consuming my life? You put a worship song on. 
and you pray. Holy Spirit, I need a faith inject. Only takes five minutes. <laughs> there he is. There he is. I joke. But in all seriousness, if you find yourself weary, if you find yourself tired, if you find yourself burnt out, if you feel like your flame is succumbing to ashes, can I encourage you that an inject of the Holy Spirit, a supernatural breath, will might be exactly what you need to switch that switch. Can I get the band up real quick? See, if we are supposed to do life with the fire of faith, we need to be stirred. We need to add on. We need to be encouraged. We need blueprints. And that needs to be partnered with the breath of the Holy Spirit, the knowledge of the Father, to say, yeah, I need that. I need that. I need that. And when that's not enough, and our physical beings are exhausted, it just takes five minutes of the Holy Spirit. <sighs> just like gunpowder to a flame. <sighs> and you'll be set. Now, what about everyone else? You're feeling okay. You're feeling good. Jake, I'm not tired. I'm feeling all right. Can I challenge you? At some point, in the next 60 years, you will be tired. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I'll put some money on it. But at some point, you're going to feel tired. And if you don't practice this principle, you're going to find yourself weary, burdened, burnt out. And I don't want that. It's just like driving a car. 16, 17, 18-year-olds, parents hear me you're not going to chuck them the keys straight away here's my car go for it they need to do 100 hours of practice they need to actually learn what a highway is I'm 24 I don't know what the street signs are how am I expecting a 16 year old to know what the street signs are you need to actually practice before you can actually drive the car if we're going to rely on a, a life of faith and rely on the injects of the Holy Spirit and we haven't got practice, how are we expected to do life? How are we expected to face adversity if we haven't been prayed up before? How are we supposed to overcome financial breakthrough if we haven't prayed for anything before? It requires practice. And that's exactly what I wanna do in this moment. For anyone who's weary, anyone who's exhausted, or anyone who's good but will be exhausted, five minutes I don't want to do an altar call I don't want to pray for people I want to make an old school Pentecostal prayer meeting I'm going to get the band to pray I'm going to get you to speak in tongues and we're going to practice injecting a little bit of faith in our fire if your fire is good stir some more add some more break some more where your life can be turned in five minutes so that's exactly how long we're going to pray for before you do that, would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? And if there's anyone here saying, Jake, I'm burnt out. I'm weary. I need a little bit of that thing that you were talking about. I want to pray for you very quickly.
So on the count of three, if that's you while no one's looking, would you shoot your hand up in the air? I can pray with you. One, two, three. Great, 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 great. Thank you. Great, 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 great. There's hands going up everywhere. Is there anyone else that want to join them in that prayer? Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, that you are our provider. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are constantly breathing, constantly talking. And in this moment, we make room. We put our hearts aside and we say, Lord, fill me up. Holy Spirit, would you breathe on me? Would we walk away different than how we walked in this morning? Would you give us rest? And would you give us gunpowder? Amen. Amen. And as I promised, we're going to pray. And can I encourage you, I don't want to just sit in your chair and pray because obstacles require a force to be hit with. We're going to stir some faith up a little bit. If you're not someone that normally stands up, stand up. If you're not someone who speaks audibly when you pray, speak it out. If you're not someone who raises your hand, raise your hand. So as let's stand up. As we all do it, let's get around it. If you're not someone who speaks into beings, give it a go. If you've got something you're praying for in particular, bring it to the forefront of your mind. And as we pray, you say, Lord, you hit that. Not that. I burn that up. I am Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. You can connect with us at shilohchurch.com.au.